Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, as always, wherever y'all are, whatever y'all are up to today. Riding down the road, getting ready for work, laundry, dishes, conference period, whatever it is, folks. Lunch, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time, and I will try and use it well. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, if y'all know people that you think would enjoy it, um, for those of y'all who haven't, I would appreciate it. It helps immensely. Y'all are the reason that we continue to grow week after week, and we do, which is still kind of shocking, but uh, I'm ever grateful for that and humbled by it. So, I've started to kind of talk off, talk off, (laughs) start off talking about some of the things that we're doing in the garden and here just around. And if I have time, I'm going to talk about a couple of stories at the end of today that I think would be interesting. But I'm just going to go ahead and jump in today. If I get a chance to go back to the garden, I will. We're going to talk about Timothy Dwight. We're going to start with him today at any rate. And this I'm pulling this from... Uh, America's Got in Country Encyclopedia, and also from Patriots Bible. Both of them, folks, cannot recommend highly enough. If you get a chance, phenomenal resources. Um, I would have a copy of both, at least one copy of both in each home. They certainly should be in every single classroom across the entire country. Dwight was, it's kind of fitting that I said that because we're going to talk a little bit about education today. President of Yale, uh, author, educator grandson of Jonathan Edwards, who we have talked about some here, who was a New England minister and who was the president of Princeton. And we're going to talk a little bit, I think, about some of his quotes during his tenure today as, as the president of Yale. So on July 4th, 1798, religion and liberty are the meat and drink of the body politic. Withdraw one of them and it languishes, consumes, and dies. Without religion, we may possibly retain the freedom of savages, bears, and wolves, but not the freedom of New England. If our religion were gone, our state of society would perish with it, and nothing would be left. He also stated, where there is no religion, there is no morality. With the loss of religion, The ultimate foundation of confidence is blown up, and the security of life, liberty, and property are buried in ruins. The Bible is a window in this prison of hope through which we look into eternity. Perhaps no one who has persisted in his efforts to gain eternal life was ever finally deserted by the Spirit of Grace. A lot there, folks. Uh, I wanted to hit this today because education is such a huge piece of this puzzle of turning our republic around. And the left knows it, and they've known it for a long time, and they've done a much better job of influencing the minds of our children than people who love America and hold to her founding principles have. We've, We've really, we've just done a horrible job, folks. We've done a very poor job. We've become interested in other things, 
and we've let slip our primary responsibilities, one of which, huge one of the first ones, which is raising our children and educating them in the history and heritage of our country, uh, which by default, folks, regardless of if you're, Ameri- uh, if you're a Christian or not, mean educating them in the principles of Jesus Christ. And so when he talks about this here, when he says, you know, religion and liberty, if you take either one of them away, the republics, the body politic is going to die. Uh, and without that religion, we may retain the same kind of freedom that you see in nature, which is really just the what the, the law of the strongest, right? Survival of the fittest, kind of Darwin, if you will. Uh, but we're not going to have... Our society is going to go with it. This freedom that has made our country so great that we love so much is, is going to go away. And then no religion, no morality. And I, I don't do a very good job of explaining this, but what he's really getting at there, folks, I say often, you, you don't have to be a Christian to be an American. But there's no possible way for our republic to exist without those teachings of Christ. And so what he's saying here is, if you don't have religion, and he's talking about he, Christian religion, I'll get to that in just a minute, because Yale was absolutely founded as a Christian college, which gives you a little bit of an indication of how far we have fallen today. But if you don't have those principles of Christ, you can't have any morality. It doesn't matter whether you're in China or Australia or Africa or Europe or North or South America. It doesn't matter what your cultural background is, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, what gender you are, uh, it doesn't matter what the predominant religion in your your area, geographical area is, if you don't follow the principles of Christ, whether you even know that you're following those principles or not, there can't be any morality, right? For example, if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, that's, that's the second primary commandment that Jesus Christ talked about. If you don't, if we don't do that, it doesn't matter who we are. We cannot, there there won't be any morality. There will be no morals in that society. And that's a huge point, folks, because it addresses both the fact that we have to follow the principles of Christ for America to survive, but it also addresses freedom of religion that our founders knew we had to be able to make those choices on our own. And this all comes back this is the guy that was president of Yale, one of our one of our premier colleges for a long time. And and this is what he's talking about. And and you absolutely we do not have this today in education. Really, honestly, frankly, folks, we don't have it at home as a priority and we don't have it in the school systems. So I wanted to read through just a couple things to tie in with this. So this was from 1798. Um, and Yale was founded in 1701, so 100 years. But in this little excerpt from the Patriots Bible, which we've talked about before, it ties in, though, to President Dwight's comments. Yale College was established in 1701 with a stated goal that every student shall consider the main end of his study to work to know God in Jesus Christ and to answerably lead a godly, sober life. Our education 
absolutely started off in this country centered around God and Jesus Christ. Our founders, Benjamin Rush, that we talk about so often, they knew this. And yet, what have we done in the last 80 years? We've taken the Bible out, we've taken the Ten Commandments out, and we've taken prayer out, just to name a few. And we wonder why our marriages are struggling internally, right? Because we were not raised with Christ as the center of education. Uh, when I say we, talking about my generation, really any generation back to about the 60s that has gone through school, it, it came in slowly from that 47 decision, but it's it's percolated. And so anybody that's been raised through this public school system has not had Christ at the center, at least not supposed to have had Christ at the center. You do still have some wonderful teachers out there. I know of a few of them. Uh, that keep Christ in the classroom as best they can, but still they're hindered. They're not really able to educate these children fully. And this goes back to a lot of problems in public education today. The fact that we, uh, we teach to test, the days are too long, the school year is too long. Uh, we're not really providing kids because we've taken Jesus Christ out of the center of our education. We're not really providing them with a lot of productive skills, uh, at least definitely not what we should be and could be. Uh, it's, it's really I'm getting kind of off topic in the woods, though, folks. So let me come back to this. I wanted to go through a couple others. So so Harvard founded in 1636 and in its rules and precepts stated let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. John 17, 3. And therefore lay Christ at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. This is such an important quote, folks, because it shows that you, you can't really have and we've talked about a couple quotes, and I cannot pull this to mind. But the sentiment, the fact that we discovered the atom bomb, uh, a couple of men that I've read through talked about this during that time period. Eisenhower may have been one, but I, I don't think so. I'll have to go back and dig this up, folks. I apologize. Some of y'all that have been listening will know this if I get close enough. We've discovered the secrets of the atom. We've become... Um, giants in science, but we've become moral and ethical infants. If we don't have morality, which goes back to President, Dwight, President Dwight's comments from Yale, if we don't have morality, or if we don't have religion, we can't have morality. And if we can't have morality, it doesn't matter how many advanced placement AP classes we teach. It doesn't matter when we start teaching foreign language in elementary school, it doesn't matter how good a school is at math or, or science or how well we teach history, which is pretty much we're not across the board almost, folks, in almost every school, just based on the, on the content and the quality of our society as a whole. You know that's not happening. But, but English, science, and math, which we've tried to make completely secular, it doesn't matter how good a job we do there. If we don't start with Christ, as Harvard here said, this is Harvard, folks. I know it was a long time ago, but it tells you how far, again, that we've fallen. If, if Christ isn't at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning, the rest of it doesn't matter. 
It's just because you're not teaching the morals to go along with the knowledge, the information. There's another one, a College of William and Mary, founded in 1693. And their goal was to supply the Church of Virginia with a, a seminary of ministers that the Christian faith may be propagated. You know, we talk about that often uh, in different founding events when uh, pilgrims, when Columbus came. So often these early settlers, their one of their main goals, if not their main goal, stated in their compacts and in their charters was to propagate Christianity. This, you know, we were a Christian republic before we were even a republic, folks. That's how this land was was settled. King's College, known today as Columbia, right? Their purpose was to inculcate upon students, tender minds, the great principles of Christianity and morality. And then Princeton one of its founding statements, cursed is all learning that is contrary to the cross of Christ. So all of these colleges, Ivy League, uh, tie in here to Timothy Dwight, again, the president of Yale. And it all goes back to this. If we take away religion, Christianity, folks, Christianity, every time these people, you know, I heard something within the last two days, and I, I read something, actually, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but but it was a, a completely different scenario. It basically said that our founders just assumed that, that everybody believed this way, and so they didn't feel the need to always be explicit, although so many references to Christianity in this particular case, it's, it's obvious implicitly or explicitly, but when they're talking about religion here, they're talking about Christianity. I did a real poor job just then. I apologize for explaining that, but but that's the tie. So he's saying, when you take away the principles of Jesus Christ, you take away morality. And we have done that in education. We have taken away the principles of Christ. And now look what we're left with. And what have we replaced it with? We've replaced it with a state. We've replaced it with... Uh, sex of any kind, anywhere, anytime. We've replaced it with uh, lust and greed, money. We've replaced it with abortion, LGBTQ. This is the kind of stuff that we're pushing to our kids today. Even our military now, which we've talked about often, is so pushing these sexual deviancies. Where does it start? It all goes back to education and the home really in particularly folks but that public education has to be an extension of education at home you know that's got to be reinforced the principles that are taught at home and it just it's a huge long conversation folks but this gives you some more insight into how our education system started and what the beliefs really were and what we have to get back to if we're going to have any hope of turning this thing around so I've got a few minutes left, and I wanted to really quickly, because <laughs> these are big topics in and of themselves, every once in a while, uh, when I come across some of this stuff, I want to pass it on to you. Some of y'all are probably familiar with this. 
there were a large number of cattle that died up in Kansas from heat recently. Somewhere, the estimates have pretty big range from 2,000 to over 10,000. I've heard multiple different. And what I have been told, asking, is that it was because the jump in temperature was so quick. Uh, you went to from average temperature of around 80 to over 100, and it stayed there for about three days, and, and the cattle just couldn't cool off. But the reason I'm giving this to you, it's going to tie into the other thing that I really wanted to give you. Uh, the gas prices, folks, prices at the grocery store, I, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. They're not going to go down. Uh, they're not going to get cheaper anytime soon. And there's a little magazine called Backwoods Home Magazine that, that we have subscribed to for a while. And there was an article in it about Victory Gardens. If you're familiar, if you remember Victory Gardens, they were used a bunch of different times, World War One, the Depression. But World War Two is where they really became well known. Uh, or I guess that's where we in the modern age, what we would associate them with. And so one of the articles in this latest issue was about the resurgence of Victory Gardens. And there's a couple of quotes from that article I wanted to read to you real quick. The bottom line is, folks, if you're not looking at ways to, to get some food outside of what we have been used to for so long, I would, I would really strongly recommend it. Even if all you've got is just a little bitty section somewhere that you can plant a garden, it's, it's going to be important. It's going to be very important because logically, we just don't seem to be turning this thing around. And, and maybe we will. And y'all can text me or send me an email or a comment on, on social media within the next six months to a year and be like, see, you were just, you were worried about nothing. And I will be the first to admit you're absolutely right. And I'm so glad that I was wrong. But just in case, folks, on the offhand chance. So let me read you a couple of these quotes. The first one is by a farmer named Ben Reisinch, if I'm pronouncing that right. This is out of the, the article that I read out of Backwoods Home Magazine. Uh, Blue Diamond Farming Company in Iowa, uh, farmed 16,000 acres, and he gave an interview back in March talking about the correlation between fertilizer availability and food prices. And then he made this comment. If you're upset that gas is up a dollar or two a gallon, wait until your grocery bill is up a thousand dollars a month, and it might not just manifold itself in terms of price. It could be quantity as well. Empty shelf syndrome may be starting. This is another little section. A fascinating article in the May 1943 edition of Popular Mechanics magazine laid out the patriotic duty of all Americans who were not actively fighting in the war. Two years ago, the article began, the home gardener leaned on his hoe and said, it's a hobby. Last year, he surveyed his first victory garden with pride and said, it's patriotic. This year, he is in deadly earnest when he looks up from his planting and remarks, it's a necessity. And then the last quote, folks, I'll leave you alone. This is actually by the author of this article. 
This is not the time for normalcy bias, claiming, quote, it can't happen here, end quote, or it can't happen to me. I can't recommend enough trying to find a little bit of space to grow some stuff, folks. I, I really do believe what I say logically. We have some we have some really dark days ahead. We could avoid them or we could go headlong into them and it could look a couple different ways. And more than these little victory gardens, which I'm going to start to use that name again because it really rings a bell, helping turn our country around. I cannot recommend enough, folks, that you spend time each day with God and really in earnest. If we have, and I'm going to hammer myself here, if we have five hours a day, often, frequently, to watch sports, or even three hours, or even two hours, and we often, frequently, every day have 30, 45 minutes, an hour to get on our phones or watch some TV episode then we have absolutely no excuse whatsoever not to have that same amount of time, if not more. You know, God forbid that we give the God of the universe a little bit more than we do our entertainment. And we have also, as a side note, not really a side note, we have no excuse for not putting that kind of effort and time into our marriages each day, too. And if we're going to ignore those logical facts then when we look up and things are really painful and, and our faith is weak and we're struggling, why isn't my faith stronger? Or our marriage has fallen apart and we're divorced and separated or whatever and our kids are paying the price for our decisions. We have no one to blame but ourselves for not putting that same amount of effort and energy, if not more again, into that. And that's what I wanted to end with. And I took a little bit longer and I apologize. God bless y'all. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. We'll talk about some of that stuff more later on. God bless your families. God bless America. Looking forward to talking to y'all again real soon.